0: In June 2020, i guest Brianne Gibson from episode 39 mentioned how she protected herself with an EMF shielding blanket while using her laptop. Shortly after, my wife Michelle purchased the same blanket and made it part of her daily routine and made it part of her must-have anytime she's editing this podcast. Now, 17 months later, I have a deeper understanding of the effects that EMF and radiation has on all of us, whether we recognize it or not, and it's even higher on my radar Specifically, with my four daughters loving the Bluetooth earbuds, and action steps needed to overcome the effects. So, naturally curious, I connected with the founder, inventor, and CEO of the EMF Shielding Leader Defender Shield, Mr. Daniel Debon, former telecommunications engineer, to dive deeper into this must-listen-to conversation. And get this, Dan invented that EMF shielding blanket Michelle started using over a year and a half ago. A little bit about Defender Shield. Defender Shield is the most trusted world leader in EMF and 5G radiation shielding and is internationally recognized. And Daniel Devon is an influential expert in electromagnetic frequency in shielding electronic emissions. And most recently, he was an expert guest speaker at the 2021 Biohackers Conference in Orlando, Florida. And how cool is this? We are now affiliates of Defender Shield. If you would like to make a purchase and experience for yourself the EMF Shield and Technologies developed by Dan, visit our affiliate shop at scottyburgess.com forward slash store. Shifting gears, best and brightest, the time has come to lift the curtains on our new website. Built from the ground up, with you front and center, our new website is complete with fully interactive calendars that support virtual and in-person healing sessions, as well as life guide consultations and so much more. Looking for the best-in-class affiliates that deliver results? Check out those who partner with us and support us while you're at scottyburgess.com forward slash store. We would love to hear about your experience, so shoot us an email. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, some very important updates. We wanted to take a minute for some upcoming changes that will affect how we are delivering content to you moving forward starting February 7th, 2022. If you remember, we made you a promise, and we intend to keep our word impeccable and maintain our promise. We've always stated that we value your time and we appreciate you being a part of the best and brightest family. We spend an incredible and absolute immense amount of time researching, validating, and ensuring the information we deliver to you is the latest and greatest in information you can use today. We promise you that we will not litter our show with frivolous ads. We can all do our own research, and if we need something, we don't have to have it pushed on us unconsciously. So instead of ads, we're asking that you consider supporting The Scotty Burgess Show on Anchor. In early February, we're asking all supporters of the Best and Brightest community to support us with a $4.99 monthly subscription. This will help us maintain the high standards in open discussion and truth. Additionally, we will no longer be posting our full-length videos on YouTube, rather short summary clips of the conversation, plus useful tips, hacks, and suggestions of how to best optimize your physiology. Our open dialogue truthful discussions will be moved over to Anchor as well and included in the subscription. At the moment, we're still awaiting final approval from Anchor to host our long play podcast videos, and we anticipate that that approval is days away, so please consider supporting us. Lastly, if you're looking for a unique way to overcome and correct various health disorders through conversation, consider signing up for my mailing list, the Best and Brightest Facebook community page, or follow me on Instagram. So I can show you what I'm reading, what I'm thinking, and explore everyday remedies that are useful today. Now, let's jump into our conversation with Dan DeBon in the new virtual teaching studio. And as always, thanks for listening. I can tell you and I are going to get along already so far because I always enter my conversations with just immense amount of childlike curiosity. Yeah, I no yeah. longer go into conversations with ideas or scripts or even preparation. I just go into no. it having a conversation with, a, you know, with another fellow human being and a friend.
1: What's interesting, I used to do fairly large presentations for large audiences for years when I was in the telecom industry. And my best presentations were when I threw away the script, when I threw away the presentation itself, and I would tell anybody, ask me any question they want, the audience hears what they're looking for. So there's nothing more clean than that. So I think it's always best to try to do that when we can.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. By the way, we're no longer Healthcare 360, but it's now the Scotty Burgess show. Okay. Uh, very health focused, It's more about conversation, just bringing information to people that need to know that information. That's all. We're all looking to survive and have, have fun and, and love and be happy and all that. Right. And that's what, really what it's about. I had a friend who went to the Biohackers Conference in Orlando. She gave us access to the list of presenters. I wasn't able to go. I saw your name up there and I was like, yeah. oh, congratulations on making it to the biohackers conference and speaking to that large pool of really talented people. Yeah. What was your experience like there?
1: It was a wonderful experience. I've known Dave when he started in the tiny little company called Bulletproof and he had a half a dozen employees and I had a, two or three employees who were both at a conference. Yeah. I've known Dave for many, many years. I've watched him grow and it's amazing his influence over the time for the things mm. that he sort of was important to him. And so he was uh, sort of like at the pinnacle of his uh, influence at this conference, which was really sort of cool And because Dave's pretty, pretty motivated, self-motivated, as good as what he does. Years ago, he was in telecom. I was years ago in telecom. We have a sort of a common background in that sense. Uh, Mm -hmm. So it it was a fun time. And yeah, they had asked me to talk about what is 5G. I spend a lot of time trying to explain what it is and what it's not. There's so much misconception about the technologies that's being deployed and just unknown facts that are truly completely wrong. And I, I try to sort of baseline it for everyone. Everyone can make their decisions about it, but they really need to know what they're talking about. What was the
0: responses from the conference overall? I'm sure you got some feedback, and I'm sure you had some people approach you after the presentations. Was it with a good, bad, indifferent?
1: Oh yeah, no, it was really, really solid. It was sort of our um, our people are, are at these kinds of conferences, we fit in quite well. It's sort of fun to watch all the sort of conference goers that I've known for all these years sort of growing in what they're doing too. So it's, a, right, it's right, right. I, I really did enjoy it. We had a fun time and it, it was definitely um, positive for us because it gives us feedback on what we're doing in our business and where we're going with it. So
0: it also probably allows you to course correct or adjust to the market and what people are asking for. So you can deliver that product. I know you have a wide range of
1: products. We really do we're all driven by our customers. One of the things we introduced at the conference was a new supplement line. Uh, light body is what we call it. The electric hypersensitive, the environment we live in, has very specific impacts to all of us. But for some, it's even more influential to their body. 20% of are oh. electro hypersensitive. That's and, me. Yeah. And, yeah. and literally... You go to a clinic and no one can tell you what to do. They don't understand what it really, you have a headache. I had a clinic I work with and he had one of his teammates had dry eye. And I said, what's the dry eye from? And he said, well, you know, uh, for the last five, 10 years, she said, we really don't know the sources. And I said, what does she do? She looks at a monitor most of the time. And I said, oh, okay. I knew it was the blue light at that point. So I sent him. Blue light blocking glasses, which is one of the products we have. And I said, put them on her. Within three to four hours, her dry eye that was five to 10 years disappeared and became wet eye. It was phenomenal. In other words, even those who are familiar with this space don't even know all the attributes of influence to the body because of the environment we live in these days. So. Yeah. you know I'm going to reserve
0: some comments because uh, I do have some ideas and, well, I have a little bit more than ideas. Uh, I have my position on certain things too, but here's something that's been itching when collectively here. So I'm sure you met Justin Franson at the biohackers conference. He was on this show as well. And he has the EMF rocks. What he explained about 5g, and this is something that at that topic point, that no one's really explained yet. And I'm really hoping you can do this, Dan, is this. If 5G is so strong, there isn't even a modality or a tool that can measure the bandwidth that it's that strong and that dense, then how do we know to develop products or remedies or principles to design and protect against it?
1: It's not that it's necessarily stronger. hmm In fact, like most 5G you hear about today is below 10 gigahertz. A cell phone is about two gigahertz, one to two gigahertz. Wi-Fi is 1.6, 5.4, 6.0 gigahertz. So all of these rates have been around for a very long time. Most of what you hear about today in 5G is that or below. So they're not introducing any different frequency rates into the marketplace for much of the service that they're serving. The big, big difference is when they start increasing the frequency rate beyond the one to two gigahertz, which is typical for a cell phone. It's up to potentially by standards, 300 gigahertz, 300 billion cycles per second is where the standard allows it to go. So it's the, you know, the, ne- the
0: standard unregulated at the same time. So there is no regulation. in, And I don't want to say I do not like bringing the political entities in here, but realistically, they're the ones who are controlling the regulations, the policies. And oh, yeah. Like I, that. I'll,
1: I'll divert a little bit about that. The FCC defines the standards. They approved the standards a year or so ago that all of the current standards were acceptable for the network to operate.
0: Um, But how do they know that? They They don't don't know. They They really
1: don't know. Because they really don't know, because they really didn't spend any time looking at the clinical research or the scientific research that has gone on for the last five, 10 years, they went to court with a variety of class action effort by Kennedy, uh, John Kennedy, and uh, Deborah Davis and others. And they convinced the federal court that they did not look at the impact. They did not look at the research. And they pushed back and the FCC lost in court a couple of months ago, literally. What was the
0: impact that they identified that was most harmful or that people didn't know about?
1: There's literally thousands and thousands of research studies that show direct causal link to exposures in in research studies that have gone on for the last 10 years it's a preponderance of evidence mm. it is a debate because like you have these very strong factions on one side saying nothing's a problem and then you have a very large faction of ex- scientists and experts that say it is and the experts don't really control the standards that are being built to. So the FCC and them clashed fairly recently. And now they're back at the drawing board. But the fundamental part was above 10 gigahertz, there is no research at all because of the point you just made. It just right. doesn't exist. The technology. yet,
0: right?
1: Yeah, it hasn't existed. Mm-hmm. There is no understanding of what the implications are to the human body. And so there is no way of concluding that you're in danger or not. Although there is some that's not statistically accurate. In other words, there's not enough database that say it's accurate that suggests there's problems in the gut and the brain and other things. So that happened. That, that's so, actually where
0: I like to. Uh, kind of redirect a little bit, if you don't mind, the reason why I'm asking that question, if we don't know, there is a large hypothesis as one of them. You alluded to it a little bit about dry eye, for example, right? right? Think of it like a microwave oven. If you put water or a bowl into a microwave oven, it's going to heat up. If you continue in minutes or seconds, it's going to continue to heat up, which means it's going to evaporate at some point. Some people understand the millimeter waves in the repeated fashion that 5G is designed. So it's a low frequency, higher volume. And what's happened to our bodies is that we're, in a sense, drying up. Thus introducing, uh, I don't want to say poisons is not the right word, so excuse that, but it's not allowing our, our physiology to function as intended.
1: So that, that's one description of what a microwave does to water. I'm going to give you another description. A microwave is 2.3 gigahertz, roughly almost exactly a 2.4 gigahertz. When Mm -hmm. I talked about the standards, by the way, I talked about the implications, the power levels of of a cell phone are being restricted. So the area around the cell phone doesn't heat up your head by more than two degrees. It doesn't Mm -hmm. penetrate into the head by more than one to two inches. Why is it an increase in thermal? It's because an RF signal, a cell phone, is a microwave signal. As I just said, 2.3 gigahertz is a, is a microwave. And so it is a transmitting microwave that heats stuff up. And so you're right. The standard was written around the thermal impact. Mm-hmm. not the biological impact. So now you, Which go, is only
0: everything, by the way.
1: But the that, that's, that's it. That's where everything is, right? <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre. The only thing that matters is the biological impact. If you use a cell phone for more than 10 years or so and you're a heavy user, you're three times more likely to get frontal brain cancer. That's sort of a big point about the biological, by the way. That was why they lost in court, the FCC. They did not get concerned about the whole lot of study work we have that shows damage.
0: If they lost in court, what are the, what are the next steps? I don't want to say ramifications, because I, that would say that it was intentful and everything else. What are the next steps of how people can be aware or follow The FCC
1: through? is now obligated, and I think it still is. I, don't, I haven't seen any legal um, wrangling yet, but the FCC is required to go back and review all the study work. And then look at the standards and determine right. if they should make a change. Between you and I, Scott, it's going to take five years, 10 years. Sure. It's like, keep on dragging on. That's the
0: problem. That's why people get so frustrated. And you know this, because it takes five to 10 years. And in between, put it in context, for example, to 9-11, right? All the, the people that suffered in between till decisions right. were made. Right. This is the same thing. Everybody. Almost, I, and I, that's a too broad of a statement, but I would say 99% of people on this planet have a supercomputer in their pocket or in their back pocket. Yeah, of
1: course, exactly. Trans fats 30 years ago, uh, a biochemist said, It's not the cholesterol in your eggs that are killing you, it's the trans fats we're putting our French fries in that's killing us. Right. It took over 30 years. Before they banned it, which was two years ago, was it? It takes a well, long they, they, time. They
0: haven't even banned it then. I mean, because look at that. I'm picking up my phone and I normally don't do this, but here's something that is, I just was reading this the other day from USA Today. So research has obtained 64 food samples of hamburgers, fries, chicken nuggets, chicken burritos, and cheese pizza from all the fast food food chains, right? They found that over 80% of the foods contain a phthalate called DNBP. USA Today, front
1: cover news. Yeah. There's no question about it. You know, these controversies that, that as time goes on, we have a better understanding. And, sure. and sometimes we find that the things we introduced become toxins in our environment. And to right. some extent, that's literally true with. Electromagnetic radiation—it's—it's it's a toxin in our environment that didn't exist. I want to talk about what 5G—the is. real issue is. When I talked about a cell phone, it's 1.6 watts per kilogram. That's the power level coming out of a cell phone. Remember that cell phone can go up to five miles.
0: Now, is that frequency the same today as it was when it originally was introduced with 2G, yeah. or has it, it, it changed
1: it, from 2G to to 4G? the frequency rate, the cycles per second have not really changed. What changed is there's a digital signal inside. It's an encoded signal that goes on and off, on and off, on and off. That's what disrupts the cells. It's literally the digital encoding and decoding that's on a carrier frequency rate that's sort of being thrown yeah, it's the it pulse.
0: It's a pulse. It's basically it's a, that it, green right. light it, it's a, on it, the bottom right. of the Apple Watch. The yeah. It,
1: the, and that's what bothers the cell. If it was constant, it wouldn't bother the cell. Because it's not constant, that disrupts the cell. And I often talk about it as the jackhammer to the cell. It, mm. it really is. You can take a static load of 10,000 pounds on a piece of concrete with an elephant on top, and it won't break the concrete. But if I have the elephant jump up and down, up and down, and it becomes a pulse signal, that concrete breaks. And that's what happens to the cell. So let's talk about the 5G, because this is sort of the other part. There's a whole bunch of stuff around 5G that we know a lot about, not necessarily in good terms. We know the power levels are, are concerning and dangerous. There's thousands of studies throughout the world that talk about the potential dangers and concerns of that. With 5G, that's very different, and you referred to it before, is millimeter waves. Millimeter wave is just a smaller wave. As you begin increasing the frequency rate, the waves get closer and closer and closer and closer. That becomes a millimeter wave. Over the next three years, predominantly, there's going to be 23 and 60 Gigahertz 5G. Largely, wow. that's the stuff that's going to be in front of your house. That's the stuff that can only go uh 750 feet. It's so fast it can't go really very far. It's not like a cell phone that can go five miles. It's going so fast it really finds resistance in the air. And it only goes 750 feet.
0: I want to camp there for one second because you bring up a really strong point. So if that's the maxed range for that device or that modality and we're going to call it a mini tower in front of your house now we all know that smart meters on the house right now act as mini cell phone towers so they can amplify and then we talk about our water meter as well at the same time they're smart meters so yeah they are
1: one watch typically
0: right so those three elements alone for your cell phone for your electric and for your water all those meters and that's just on the outside perimeter of within, let's probably say like 30 steps outside your door.
1: Yeah. And now, then
0: you now, have the Wi-Fi inside of your house as well.
1: Now, those are typically one watt. And we'll talk about this a little later, but distance is a good friend of yours when it comes to this kind of stuff. When you're oh, away, point. 20 feet away from a transmitting signal at one watt, you are pretty safe.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: But let's get back to this 1.6 watts. That power level, when it's all against your head, is when it's most dangerous. By four foot away, it's like 98% of the danger is gone, believe it or not. Mm. But it's 1.6 watts. Now, we're going to go to the 23 gigahertz that's going to be transmitted in front of your home. That's at 40 watts. It's 40 times higher power levels The power to get it to your device, it takes much more power. And remember, we talked about penetration of a head at 1.6 watts. When you start going at these higher rates, at 40 watts or so, that's a lot of power on a signal that's very fast, a milliliter wave that's really fast. And that's where the dangers are. We Mm -hmm. really don't know what the implications are with those power levels in front of our homes. In businesses, like if you go into New York, they're not putting wire or fiber optics down there. They're putting these 5G, 23 gigahertz uh, cell sites, they call them small cell sites, and they transmit business. So we're already starting to see penetration of these 23 gigahertz, and then of course 60. And there is no knowledge of what its implications are. But if you extrapolate from what we know, it's likely to be as dangerous, if not more, than current technologies. Like one of the things that a cell phone does, it suppresses immune. So when you use a cell phone, you're really suppressing your immune system. There's a breakdown of the body around these toxic Transmission.
0: Well, that was what I alluded to earlier, Dan, was the whole reason why it's being broken down because it's unstructuring the gel-like water in your body, which is now inviting in an environment for free radicals and things that are supposed to be evacuated from your body. And now your body doesn't know what to do with it, but it doesn't have a, just think of a flowing river versus a static pond. That's what's happening.
1: Yeah, actually, you implied oxidative stress. And I actually don't like the word oxidative stress because as you just pointed out, it's more complicated than a free radical antioxidant imbalance. It's mm-hmm. much more than that. I'm exactly. trying to
0: simplify it for everybody.
1: Right. <laughs> I talk about it as cell danger response. You know how you, you want to fight or you want to run? Yeah, fight or fight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Guess what? The cell does the same thing. That's what's happening when it's being exposed to these toxins. It is really, as you pointed out, this concerning because we really don't know the long term implications, but we do know that's what's happening.
0: So you're saying in five to ten years. So now let's say there's independent studies that are out there. And I know there are a lot of third party independent companies that are doing the research that will find out. There may be companies that try to jump on that bandwagon. When do we really start to get an idea of what this could look like and what we could do now, today, in taking good precautions?
1: Well, you know, first of all, it's not a mistake by talking about trans fats. It takes about thirty years for us to fully understand this stuff. Smoking took over thirty years. There's, so there's so many things to do. In the meantime, you should be precautionary in what you do.
0: So let me let me paint this picture for everybody. So right now, the here's how I knew something was wrong, or what I noticed. <laughs> okay. Apple is the leading company in the world for iOS, for laptops, cell phones, tablets, et cetera, right? Right. The phone is leading the way. It's leading the charge, right? Now, I always talk about cell phones because my firm belief is if it's in your pocket, it lives and exists. If it doesn't live in your pocket, it dies. So everything eventually gets to the pocket, okay? So now Samsung was the first who introduced 5G in the United States. Huawei was the first one to introduce 5G overseas in China. When 3G came out, uh, everyone was on the 3G level. And then when 4G came out and then 4G LTE, it took Apple three years to catch up to Samsung in the US market spot. Now, coincidentally, when 5G was introduced and rolled out, Samsung, again, was the first. Apple was six months behind them. Right. And I said, wait a minute, hold on. We don't have enough of the towers. We don't have the infrastructure. It was all these different uh, mini topic points, but Apple jumped on that bit. And I was like, why is that, right? If you couple that with, we just don't know. And then you couple that with now our Wi-Fi mesh units that are in our house, which are being sold by basically by EOS and Google and Amazon and everyone else. We're getting hit as soon as we walk out the door Our phone is a mini cell phone tower in itself in its own pocket. Yeah, it almost looks like, unless you're on vacation, and I'm just gonna paint a picture here. If you're on vacation and you're out in the wilderness, that's the only free zone where you're not getting hit with multi-millimeter waves constantly and consistently.
1: Yeah, there's no question about it. Everything up to 4G is not gonna go away. Then you have. The well, right f- now
0: on the new phones. So I know for the iPhone 12, which is what I own right now, and I purposely own a iPhone 12, yeah. I actually dumbed down my signal to 4G LTE. Right. I don't use the 5G. But I, what I noticed, and was really, really curious was that in the previous phone, the iPhone 11, you can actually select 2G, 3G, 4G, 4G LTE. But now with these new phones, iPhone 12 and up, just on the iOS device, you can only select 4G LTE or 5G. That's it. But all those towers are going to
1: still exist. They are still there. They're going to be here for another ten years, another Mm -hmm. twenty years. In addition to that, we have this new 5G sub six gigahertz, as I talked before. That's all new stuff, along with the other stuff. And then it's going to be eventually converted. Eventually, but it will be years. We have more contaminants in the air, in other words. And then you do the millimeter stuff. There is an objective to replace all your cable that's on coaxial or glass or fiberglass to your home with a cell site, a small cell site that's transmitting at 23 gigahertz. And and as I said before, it's not 1.6 watts, it's 40 watts probably, if not more. And it is hitting, it is two signals being sent to your device, not one. They're using MIMO, multi-in, multi-out. That's how they're getting the data to you is by using two signals. So this is a, a concentration of signal that's never existed before. And yeah. that's really the concern. We really know that even with one, we got problems. Now we're going to have two. two and, right. and the power levels are- And that's per one
0: big. device. That's not even including your laptops and your, and your tablets right. and everything. And depending on the head count in your house as well, and it keeps going
1: right. from there. And think of this, they, they want to replace the Wi-Fi, the router in your room with a small cell site. They want to come in and take all your communications right from that tower. And then, of course, well, T-Mobile is
0: already doing that, Dan. T-Mobile has the mini site now, uh, which looks harmless and small. And, you know, it's already here. It just, yeah, it's yeah. Not, it's already, uh, it's already
1: happening. And and, and yeah. they're trying to put the router business out of business, right? But, but I want to talk a little bit more uh, where other 5G is coming beyond the sub-6 stuff. We talked about the 23 and the 60 gigahertz. And that's satellite. Satellite, it's, miles, literally 30-some-odd miles away that you have a satellite, if you have a a cell tower, a small cell site in front of your home, it can only go 750 feet at 40 watts. What do you have to do to get a a satellite transmission, right? It's got to be 120 watts. Well, 120 watts far away, I don't care about, right? Because it's going to come down. But it's duplex. It goes both directions. So you're going to have 120 watts Coming out of your backyard, transmitting mm. back up to the satellite, and that's the other dimension of what's going on with five G. Is that we don't
0: even know about? It. Most people aren't even considering that because it's not no, in their, like I said, and not that's in their a, pocket.
1: That's the wild west. That is truly the wild west. The FCC has already approved those devices in your backyard, and wow. there's a battle going on there, and so that's going to begin contributing to the. Migration of services, even in some ways, more so than the small cell site. So it's really
0: chasing on this question, Dan. Do you believe that this five G technology and all these other bandwidth technologies that we just talked about? Do you believe that they're contributing to personal health issues?
1: Let me answer it this way: I work with clinics throughout the country, and there is clear evidence at those clinics, that there's an increased electric hypersensitive response. In other words, more people are feeling more impacted by these devices. Without any doubt, all of these clinics unilaterally have said that we are really concerned about the implications to the brainwave patterns being disrupted, The, the gut, which is 80% 80% of your immune is impacted by propagating bacteria environments and balance as a result of that. And we know that at 23 gigahertz and other frequency rates. So the answer is yes. I believe I have seen in the marketplace evidence of that increase, and I I would expect it will continue based on what I've been seeing and what they've been saying.
0: Well, let me tell you a cool story. So my wife does all the audio editing uh, for the yeah. show. I'm sitting down, it's probably just about three days ago. And you know that uh, Hannah and I connected and this is how this happened today. As I'm sitting down, she goes, oh, can you pass me my gray blanket? And I said, sure. And I saw the logo for Defender Shield on there. And I said, "What not you know it? And she goes, what's that? I said, Dan's coming on the show. He's the uh, CEO and founder of Defender Shield, and we've had one of your products for at least a year and a half, if not. I
1: bet you, you feel better with it when you put it around you. That's disrupting the ambient that's currently in your environment. It's literally becoming a conduit for that electrical power that's around you. That's why it works. I I don't
0: use a laptop on my lap anymore. And if I do, I only use it with that blanket. And I got to say, like, without, I know Hannah sent me the book and she sent me the Bluetooth buds and they work great. I love them. But before any of that happened, we actually went out and we bought the blanket. Uh, I didn't know that my wife, Michelle, bought it from Defender Shield, but it works and works really, really well. And I would say for anybody who's using, who's working from home or if they're in positions, here's what I think of it. Even if you're at a desk, that computer is emitting something, right? Yeah. Put something underneath this because your, your legs are not that far away from the desk. You don't have that much shielding anyway. Just put something underneath it to protect yourself. Yeah. By the way, Dan, you heard it here first, right? So, watch some desk developer try to come out and put like an EMF radiation thing on the back. Right? <laughs> you, you, you and I should patent that right now.
1: <laughs> we should. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You, you say that. I know a, a pilot, helicopter pilot. Who was extremely electric hypersensitive? I mean, to the point where he couldn't work anymore. That ambient was getting to him, right? And then I, I just sent him a, a blanket. I said, please, just you know, see how you feel when you know. Right. He won't put it down. He goes out with his blanket on because <laughs> <laughs> so for some people, that's pretty extreme. You okay. asked me a question about five G a minute ago about how do you protect yourself, how do you shield? Yeah. Um, one of the things that I did probably over three years ago, I'm a mechanical engineer, worked in the telecom in, as an electrical engineer, uh, writing standards for the bell system. I knew that the technology that we were approaching at the higher millimeter rates couldn't be tested and couldn't be stopped with current technology. So Mm -hmm. I actually went uh, to places that specialize in shielding for very extreme cases, warfare kinds of cases. I actually began developing shielding material over three years ago to try to stop those signals because it's gonna be around us, but I don't want it hitting your body and right. so that's what you is it
0: possible to make a cell phone cover that's shielding the emf
1: that allows do it, it now. to work and we, we, yeah we do that now yeah scott that's what we do years ago i created a pad for my sons using their laptops and their laps because over 10 years ago we knew after three or four hours 25 percent of the male sperm is immobile. so right. i said like we're not victims so i built a Devices for them that had the shield. Combine
0: that with the UABs and the plastics and the phthalates. Oh my goodness
1: me! It's it's, it's like it's tough space. And so then, I read an article about a a young woman who had her parents said, "Give me a cell phone." She was 16 years old, perfectly healthy girl. They gave her a cell phone. She was on it day and night, and within a year she had a frontal lobe cancer, and it really upset me because. I knew that it will never be proven to be the cell phone, but on the other hand, it
0: Maybe. was
1: hard to figure out what else it may have been. There could have been so many other reasons why. But one of the things I wanted to eliminate was shielding a cell phone, so that wouldn't happen. At least that couldn't be the toxin that was influencing that person ever again. Yeah. And I—that's I that's what I
0: find is that it's never usually one. Element is usually the combination can really conditioning that environment right. which introduces that disease.
1: Right, exactly. Years ago, I put my shielding that I had put into the pad into cell phones. And of course, now oh. with many, many other products. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So there are things we can do. And we actually created the Ultra Armor and we introduced that at the trade show. And it really is for creating. Barriers between these technologies that we're going to see over the next five or 10 years at power levels of 40 to 120 watts. These can potentially be a a concern.
0: I'm curious because you have the background and you have the expertise and the knowledge. I'm probably going to be, some people may think I'm crazy for this, but that's okay. Let's just say that that's the case so we can get rid of that and move on. (laughs) But I'm probably not going to buy an electric car for a long, long time. I'm going to stay with gas. Because I don't know, or if people are really talking about this, you're in an electric body of a machine, you're sitting on batteries surrounded by a charge of a computer. You're basically encapsulated in this field of just electric magnetic frequencies that are not designed for the benefit of the human body or what the body can accept at that rate. Without naming names, just electric cars, you have a metal housing sitting on batteries within a supercomputer and your frequency, the vibrations going along everywhere the entire time. Talk about like being exposed to or introduced into an environment that's.
1: Scott, it's different than what's been in the past. It's more than what you've seen in current designs that were engine based. But interestingly enough, the biggest energy sources are in the wheel walls. It, right. They have these little motors in the wheel walls, and there's a distance from the driver. So believe it or not, it's not that bad because of that distance. Okay. And the cables that run are typically, well, in the cases I'm aware of, were run in such a way that there was a minimal or less intrusive battery Interference with the body. Mm. But believe it or not, it's the computer stuff on the screen. That's where much of it is being emitted. Mm. That's where there's more danger. Like you're looking at a monitor right now, it's probably five milligauss. It's probably very, very low emissions. And so you're pretty safe. But when you look at those devices, they're 30 milligauss. There's a lot of stuff coming off of there. And so you combine the slight increase in the wheel wells and the slight increase from the battery and the front panels, it is worse than where you are today with a gas clean car. And I, for that reason, would think twice before I buy an electric car.
0: Are electric cars, they measured are they actually looked at in that sense or that standard
1: as far as... I don't think so. I know some have been aware and there may have been wire runs and stuff like that, that are helping to reduce that cabin exposure. I know of no electric car manufacturer that says, you're electromagnetic hypersensitive safe here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so
0: so there's our second patent, Dan. We need to come up with something <laughs> like
1: that. I actually give people who are very concerned about it, certain kinds of technologies to shield certain runs of, of those cars. To minimize it you're not going to eliminate it but you can certainly reduce it
0: yeah you know it's interesting too because as topics come up i get curious and i start saying okay what does it look like and i start playing around right right so right. in my truck for example uh, i have my only i guess current standard would be bluetooth so i can connect my phone at this rate i'm actually pretty willing to disconnect it because they don't want to be in that environment with that type of a signal, but then they go, "Okay, well, I'm next to my phone anyway, so who cares?" But it's like the compounding effect with dollars, right? So, oh, yeah, a little bit of it just compounds, compounds, compounds. Scott, right?
1: let's let's talk about that a little bit because I think people think of it as less intrusive. Bluetooth mm-hmm. is less intrusive than a cell phone. Okay, no, not. A, a cell phone not is one point six <laughs> watts per kilogram. Bluetooth. Is dot three watts five times less power level? There has been some study, not statistically significant, but there has been some study that has shown dot one watts can mutate a frontal lobe, a cell in the frontal lobe, 15 times less power level than a cell phone can disrupt the frontal lobe. And so, when you have these things in your ear and they're using Bluetooth to communicate. uh, I I don't suggest that at all because, you know, you're talking about one piece of equipment talking to the other piece of equipment right through the frontal lobe, just about. So.
0: With no bone block, by the way.
1: (laughs) Which go right
0: through, right? I'm allowing my kids at the moment to use them. So we're trying to surprise them into saying, Oh, have you noticed? Have you read this? So they can make the decision. So it's not coming from mom and dad saying they're just crazy because they don't want us to wear Bluetooth headphones.
1: Yeah.
0: The only Bluetooth I wear in my head are these right here and only for this show. That's it. And when I do wear this, I actually have a black turboline, which necklace that my daughter gave me, which is a natural crystal that repels EMF around my neck for that specific reason. Because right. I, I do understand that it does have a consequence. And here's There's something no on point when I was talking about compounding. And I don't know if a lot of people have thought about it this way, but let's just say and play for a second, right? You have a cell phone, so you have a cell signal. Then you have Bluetooth. So let's say your Bluetooth is on. Then you have Wi-Fi and your Wi-Fi is on. And let's not forget about NFC and NFC is turned on because now most of the digital currency is going to be paid through your phone. So you have cell, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, NFC. You have four major signals that are now on your device that could all be on at the same time or any mixture of the four. What does that do?
1: I refer to that as bees in the room. One bee, <laughs> one bee, if stung, won't kill you. A thousand will. Sure. The more you have transmitting devices, this stinger of a bee, in an environment, the more likely there's accumulative impacts to the body. You just described three to four transmitters coming out of your cell phone. Right. And then you have your laptop, your tablet, TV termination using Wi-Fi to connect to the router. All of these introduce additional toxins within that immediate environment. And, and let's not think the
0: cell phone has two signals now if you're using a 5G phone, like you said.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. That that makes it even compounded worse. And right. ask me, do I have anything other than a cell phone connection? No. And it's over four foot away from me? Always. I don't have Wi-Fi on. I don't have Bluetooth on. I reduce the number of bees in the room by simply turning off functions in the devices I use.
0: Let me ask you a question, Dan. So there was this TED Talk. It was Jeremy Johnson, TED Talk back in 2017. I know, Jeremy. Okay. So Jeremy came out and showed the documentation that says our cell phone is not supposed. No, that was at at that standard in 2017. So let's say we're within the 4G standard, just to kind of keep it simple. Your phone is not supposed to be within one inch of your body.
1: Oh, three quarters, roughly. Yeah, you're right. Jeremy and I used to write articles for San Francisco papers years ago. So Jeremy and I know each other because he was coming from a civil engineering point of view. I was coming from an electrical yeah, point of
0: and view. And he has the, the EMS sensitivity. I reached out oh, to yeah. him. He turned down coming on the show. Oh, I no. do really respect his TED Talk and what he did because he really made a really compelling case and provided excellent documentation.
1: Yeah, he's a good guy. He, he's an engineer. So when he talks about a subject, he really does understand what yeah, that subject
0: is about. he understood everything.
1: Which is really, really cool.
0: If maybe you can convince him, Dan, to come on the show, all the three <laughs> of us. And know, we, can do a little, we can do a little pile-off. <laughs> It'll be fun. I'll try. that will be fun. Yeah. So now, what about the, I'm going to keep the current consumer tech at the moment, I don't know if you knew this about me, but I would go in for hospitals and I consult on how to design operating rooms and patient environments. Right. I know right now all the medical devices, because of the data for the patient portal, everything has to be wirelessly communicated in right. real time to go to right. the EMR, right? Hospitals, especially patient rooms, are some of the most EMF potent no rooms that you can go into.
1: Right. Everything wireless. The nurses walk around with these carts, it's all Mm -hmm. wireless, right? Wireless, right? It's all wireless. Yeah, they call them the cow, computer on wheels. And I suggest to them to just simply put a blanket in front of it so it doesn't get to them, but still can communicate outside to where it needs to communicate. You know, I can't eliminate it, but I can reduce the direct impact to you as the individual using those technologies.
0: Yeah. Why do you think it is that people don't acknowledge or want to identify that that is a real risk to their long-term health? You can't see of it. Convenience?
1: Yeah, you can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't touch you it. You can feel it, though. Oh, absolutely. There's no... Yeah. Scott, 20% of the population is to hypersensitive. 20% or more. Of that, 80% are women. We don't know why. If you had asked me that question five years ago, 10 years ago, I would have said half that. So we see it growing as is the technology around us is growing. And there's a direct correlation between the exposures and the increased body response to the human population.
0: Wow. I did not know that. Well, I I don't want to. Well, I really don't want to ask that because I I don't want to scare people. But I was going to ask about women in pregnancies and and different things of that nature. Because again, we know that it's affecting water. We understood earlier when we talked about the relationship of what is happening with these waves in water, just in relationship to how it happens in a microwave, things like that. So that will be a different topic point.
1: uh, Let me talk about that because it's sort of an important point. A few years ago, there was a clinic in San Francisco, that gave meters to women in their first trimester. And they measured the environment, the electromagnetic radiation environment for the course of that first trimester. After the end of the study, what they concluded is when you had high levels of exposure, you were three times more likely to have miscarriage in the first trimester. So that was like serious stuff. When I wrote the book, I asked a friend of mine, Dr. Prasad, to look at the book. He was probably the the single most knowledgeable individual about radiation. He was probably one of the very first, if not the first radiologists in the country. And I asked him to look at it. And I talk about girls putting a cell phone in the back pocket. And I said that there potentially could be influence to the egg because of the distance. Between the cell phone transmitting all the time and the mm-hmm. womb of the twelve-year-old uh, child, and he said to me at that time, nah, I don't believe that." You know, I said, "Okay, you know, I'm I'm just suggesting it may there may be things you have to be cautious about." And about three or four years later, he calls me up and he said, "I just had a woman in my clinic. There were three or four very very obscure DNA mutated cells." with a child that was stillborn with this young lady, and we cannot explain it. And he said, you know, I thought about what you said. I actually now am a believer that this is potentially mutating cells of the 12-year-old child that when she has conceived, there are mutated cells within the eggs, and that creates problems. Some doctors Dr. Paul Powell is one of them, talks about some tending generations being infertile as a result of that kind of exposure with young girls. He obviously doesn't understand statistics because that's not true, but he's concerned that that distance uh, from a cell phone in the back pocket to the the egg of a a young child, or for that matter, any woman, is potentially dangerous. And he's just cautious about sharing that information with us.
0: Thank you for answering that. I'm glad I brought that up. Again, I'm not trying to scare everybody. It's more of just making people aware of, hey, just be
1: cognizant of the facts. Scott, is there anything to be scared about? No. Don't put Mm. it in your back pocket. And it's literally, (laughs) there's no problems, right? It's it's just we need to understand our environment. As you'll point out, there are toxins everywhere that are introduced. And this is just another toxin. We have to be aware of it. You no. wouldn't keep a gas, 55-gallon drum of gasoline open in your bedroom, would you?
0: No, absolutely not. Yeah,
1: you're right. A Wi-Fi in your bedroom? Oh, no. No, no, no. Well, some would. they are possible carcinogens by the WHO World Health Organization. So we just have to be aware of what these things are around us and take simple precautionary measures, and you eliminate worries and concerns.
0: So I want to shift gears quickly then on that and start talking about what can people do every day in a couple of different environmental situations. So one, you're mobile. Uh, most people put their—I have four daughters—they put their cell phones in the back pockets.
1: Right.
0: Outside of a cell phone, a proper cell phone case that can help shield. What are the everyday things that people mobily can do to protect themselves?
1: Don't put it in the back pocket, honestly. I mean, I, are they better we talked in the front about- pocket? No, no pockets, no, um, pockets. Okay. no pockets. You don't need it in your pockets. It rings, you're going to be able to answer it if it's in your pocketbook. Uh, and it's it just got to be aware. Of it. There are technologies to shield those devices so a signal can't pass to the body, but you don't need to buy anything for that to be true. A simple understanding of the distance should you put it in your bra, No, you shouldn't put it in your bra because there's a direct correlation of cancer to breast cancer as a result of cell phones. Don't put it in your back pocket. Simply, men don't put it in your back pocket. When you put it in your back pocket, you're three to four times more likely to have uh, immobile uh, sperm. So you shouldn't be doing that. It's all simple stuff about distances to friends. When I walk into my house, I don't put my cell phone next to me on the nightstand. I don't put it next to me on my couch. Uh, I I put it at the front door. If it rings, I'll go get it. I simply put it away from me. Distance is your friend with all these technologies. Other friend is turn stuff off. If you don't need the cell phone and transmit all these things, just, just turn them off. That in itself reduces those exposures. And by the way, Scott, if you pick up a cell phone and you talk to your friend for five minutes and you put your cell phone down. You don't have to worry about anything. So duration is also important of exposures. The longer it is, the more likely it is that it may have impact. But when you have short intervals of exposure, never worry about it. It's just not going to really impact the body.
0: All right. So we talked about the bedrooms, too. This is another. Oh, real I want, let's talk about
1: bedrooms. Let's talk about yeah, bedrooms,
0: Especially so I want to like wrap that into, though, Dan, at the same time, sleep. Sleep is not just intended for rest. It's also intended to allow your body to get rid of what it doesn't need.
1: Absolutely. If you're you're getting
0: hit, then your body's working somewhere else versus doing the job it was intended to do.
1: Yeah. You mentioned um, melatonin before. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about that. And, of course, as you also referred to the uh, cycle of recovery, recovery of the body at night for things that occurred during the day. That cycle is disrupted, potentially, when you have toxins in your environment. If it's too hot in a room, you won't sleep. You got to have right. it cool. If, you have if, my, a... if my
0: podcast studio is too hot, I need to get
1: up. <laughs> right. It's really true. So when you have a, a tablet and you're looking at a screen at night and you decide to go to bed right after you were playing with that tablet, you wouldn't go to sleep. Why? Blue light being transmitted off your monitor is going through your eye. And your eye is saying, oh, it must be still daylight. There's a cryptochrome protein in the back of the eye. That is a switch that's turned on to create the melatonin and turn it off. Well, the switch to turn melatonin on won't occur because the cryptochrome says it's still light out. Simply by looking at a device before you go to sleep, you've got to either use blue blocking glasses or simply within an hour or so before you decide to sleep, not look at that monitor.
0: Let's talk about melatonin a little, little deeper than that too. That's actually an interesting topic. I'll include the note for the latest study that I read, but melatonin is not only did it help in sleep aid, it's also a cell regeneration
1: Oh, no question well, about it, Scott.
0: Profoundly. Yeah. And melatonin is one of the more highly researched hormones in the body today. I mean, it's actually the largest biohack that's out there presently.
1: It's the super engine beyond the, the mitochondrial. It, mm-hmm. it is very, very important for your entire body, not just for sleep, as you just I'm actually up to
0: 60 milligrams a day for melatonin. Uh, I've been playing with it to see how I would respond. Uh, And again, it takes a little bit of a programming because most people consider melatonin the sleep aid. It's way more than that.
1: It's far more than that. Absolutely. And when you have immune impedance in your gut, well, three quarters of the melatonin comes from your gut. So there's a lot of things going on, right? And it's Mm -hmm. really a fundamentally important thing. Let's get back to the sanctuary. Don't look at monitors. And expect to go to sleep right away because of a switch in the back of the eye. That's number one. There's also the ambient in the room that can influence the frontal lobe through the ears, believe it or not, through the eyes. When you're sleeping, you do not want your cell phones next to you on your nightstand. There is interference with your body with that. It was funny. I was on a podcast once and I was talking about the importance of a sanctuary in the bedroom. And this lady, really bright lady says, you know, oh yeah, thank you so much for letting me know that I shouldn't have a cell phone in my bedroom. My husband and I do, thank you so much. She didn't believe a word I said. And then she called me about three weeks later and said, my God, my husband and I are sleeping. We took our cell phones out of the room, as you suggested, Eliminated all other sources within that tablets and stuff like that that they had in the room, and they actually found they had better sleep. The circadian rhythm with that.
0: So, if let's say people are listening to white noise or something, a story before they go to bed, and they usually use one of the because I do have my tablet next to me when I sleep, we always listen to something before we go to bed, but it's on airplane mode, even on airplane mode.
1: Actually, there's pinging going on, even with that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just recommend, as a general rule, get everything mm-hmm. out of the room. You know, my wife has a tablet at night and an hour before she stops, which is good. But I make her take everything out of the room because the Wi-Fi is transmitting, the cell phone's transmitting. It's very, very low power levels, but it does influence particularly electric hypersensitive. It's even more so. Um,
0: I didn't know that even airplane mode. I, I oh mean, yeah, they pay. I know with the introduction of iOS 15, and I'm going to pick on Apple, even on airplane mode, their find my iPhone feature does work now when you're on airplane mode. That is not true. And I should have known that I because I read that study.
1: I don't differentiate one technology from another. I simply try to give suggestions on what to do with all these kinds of things.
0: So you're a proponent of selling digital alarm clocks then?
1: Those are another source. If you want it, push it away. The distance, that little bit, three or four foot away, is very important. You mentioned before the monitors on the on your wrist. I'll tell mm-hmm. you a story. I had a- I, Justin I, I had
0: like, a, had the book based on that, athleticism, where uh-uh. he talks a lot about the EMF.
1: Coming <laughs> <from> the <wrist. laughs> it's like crazy stuff, right? And, and so- I like yoga. The yoga teacher one day said, look what I got for Christmas. And she showed me this thing. (laughs) And I I looked at it and she said, what do you think? And I said, you got to be kidding me. What do I think? You know what I do, (laughs) right? And you do not want a constant transmitter, monitoring something around your body so close to your body because it's disruptive. And so you really want to think of...
0: Not only that, but they're stealing your information.
1: And there's that potential too. But in my world, there is no such thing as a periodic data search. They're pinging much of the time. They're constantly on most of the time. And as a result of that, you do not want these things around you. It's a dot three Watts transmitter. It's a Bluetooth transmitting signal.
0: I'll tell you a quick story. We had Joe Mullings on Joe Mullings, really fascinating man. He's one of the, if not the top headhunter for health tech, med tech space, right? We had him on the show a while ago, and he was talking about how they were using the digital watch interface, whichever one you're going to pick. And he explained the story. And I believe this because the highest rate of frustration with most patient consumers, when they go visit the doctor, is they're looking at their ass for 15 minutes, and they have five minutes of FaceTime and then for the 20 minute visit, right? right? At least that's what the consensus is coming back. So versus Going to your doctor every, let's say, for your annual and having a 30-minute conversation, 20-minute conversation with them. They are now grabbing the information and data from your device. This is what the intent is. And they're going to concatenate all that information into a program, an AI, and then have assessment, an AI assessment over the time that you were not with your doctor. Let's say you go once a year or from other practitioners, and they try to put it all into one kind of pool of information and try to make assessments based on that. And so they, when I say they, I mean big tech. Big tech is grabbing the information, and they're using it. They're basically reselling your information back to you. Oh, yeah. That's how it's being used right now.
1: I'm not surprised at all. The reality of it is, Scott, you know that having a pool of data that is as broad as that, Mm -hmm. gives them better understanding of the impacts of the environment and things to do about that environment. So that's a good thing. The bad thing is they're stealing your data.
0: I don't know if that's a good thing. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there. That's only if they know what they're talking about.
1: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I've seen a lot of people look at a lot of data and not have any idea what it's saying. Right? I agree with that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So So that's it. So if they're if they're a reliable, good source of information and they use discernment and they're a good practitioner, sure. And I speak to that because I do healing work with folks. And so again, I stay very curious. And the number one rule of the body is survive. That's it. And rule of survival is protect the heart and brain at all costs. From there, then you go and you start playing with what's showing up. And There was one of the doctors that I studied under, he was really adamant about fix what you find. Don't just fix what they're complaining about. I said, okay, sure.
1: Right. There are moral dilemmas with this technology, and it's not always in your favor for a lot of reasons. So I agree with that.
0: So the bedroom, the sanctuary, keep all the devices out. Out. Alarm clock. People need alarm clocks. Not everyone is on or circadian rhythm. So keep it at a distance. Even the
1: analog, uh, Believe it or not, there's electromagnetic radiation, ELF, they call it, 60 hertz stuff coming off of it. It's low, but you want to push it away. Because 60 hertz stuff, the body really can't tell the difference. is one gigahertz or 60 mm-hmm. hertz. It it really doesn't. It can't tell. The cell doesn't know so the even
0: difference. Even the analog clock, the wind-up oh, yeah. clock, has the same thing.
1: Oh, wind-up clock? No. No. Uh, okay. A wind-up clock, but an uh, analog Clock running on a motor
0: um, okay. that's yeah, not yeah.
1: a digital is throwing off sixty hertz stuff. Yeah, you really just keep a distance from that, and definitely don't want routers anywhere near your bedroom at all, or any of the outer walls that are close. To be conservative, get a ten dollar timer and turn it off at eleven o'clock at night, and have a timer turn it on at seven o'clock in the morning. And you're fine. You yeah. know, you minimize. I actually the have done
0: that, and then. One of my daughters complained because they woke up early and they had to do some work, and so I actually do have to put that back on. But I, I have done that practice. It just because yeah. I, I don't hard. remember. I, I got six, <laughs> six people in my house. I'm like, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> I mean, right. turn the Wi-Fi off, and like you know, World War Three is happening.
1: Right? No, I understand. <laughs> and you're going to lose the war, by
0: the way. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Yeah, but with that, that's a great practice in, in turning that back on because in my closet now it's at a good distance that's where the main not the router but the hub that's where that is so it's the modem the modems in there and i know this because it's an electric board that's inside of it it's still emitting something so the oh, yeah. shut in an office it is important
1: the sanctuary should be as clean as possible and then there are other influences that occur in a room like the temperatures and all the kinds of things that you want to control as you know but one thing you want to make sure is that you've cleaned the electromagnetic radiation, the ambient within that environment, as clean as you can make
0: it to yeah. minimize
1: that exposure. And then your melatonin will be created and the mitochondrial repair will occur. Circadian rhythm will be good and mm-hmm. you'll recover and you'll be good for the next day. Do
0: you have anything specifically for or in relationship to a quantum scalar-like device in Defender Shield?
1: No, we don't. No? No.
0: So, the quantum scalar is intended to convert or de amplify the negative frequencies that are coming out repeatedly over time into something that's useful.
1: I was out in Portland years ago. I met this doctor who later on I found out was the father of grounding. We started talking. He didn't realize I developed standards in this industry for years and years and years, so I understood the environment and electrical world. And he was talking about how safe you are. And I said, well, when you have a cell phone to your head, are you safe when you're grounded? Well, well, maybe, no, you're not. The fact is the signal's going into your head and now it has a ground path to your household wiring in the ground, and uh, so there are conditions I can describe, which are the reverse of what you're saying. And so, at the very least, we should share what it is and what it's not. And we had a heated debate about it. The following day, he came back and he said, "You know, you are absolutely right. We didn't think about like the conditions. Like, for example, if you have a router three feet away from you." And you're grounded. Are you safe? No, absolutely not. You're not eliminating the source. You're simply creating a grounding path for the RF signal to go. There are many devices that talk about improving the environment. I always suggest the only way you really know if it's doing what it's supposed to be doing is if it's a third party independent laboratory testing that understands sure. RF signals.
0: That's it. Yeah. With everything.
1: All yeah. Clients. you got to understand <laughs> it. Science. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I, uh, you know, like some of these companies, they talk about, they clean their room. They clear the 60 Hertz in a room. They don't clear the RF in the room. And so they're not right. specifically stating what it is that's being supposedly cleansed in the room. Right. And, right, right. and so I always suggest for anybody, you really need to look, at what their claim is, and if you can, see if you can find an independent third-party RF testing shop that can sort of substantiate those claims.
0: And that's a difficulty in this field specifically. I mean, you're fortunate to be an engineer. You've been working in this industry for a long time. So if people do not know what to look for, here's the other variable in there as well. With consistent and constant and guaranteed change in that market space, in that category, how do they know? So if someone uh, says, it's, it, all it's of It's really right? hard.
1: So what we have done in the past is we go to FCC certified laboratories. That means they sort of know what they're doing in this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Sort of. Often, <laughs> actually, I probably knew more than they did. But you need, as a consumer, to sort of have some expectation that what you're looking at is legitimate. What happened when I did the 5G stuff, there were no test equipment. You you can't buy a piece of equipment to test these RF signals, uh, these millimeter waves. We Mm -hmm. literally had to create test laboratories. I did not. I worked with a shop that was an independent third party that did that, along with uh, the manufacturing partner we have. And we actually created an environment where we could actually test this stuff. I'm not aware of the average shops being able to even test it. Because the technology is so new.
0: Well, Dan, to wrap up, I have two staple questions that I always ask the guests coming on. What really drives me a lot is curiosity. So I'm really curious. Like, how do you keep yourself educated? What are your interests? What do you do to preoccupy your time with books or audiobooks or podcasts? Like, what are you doing every day?
1: Great question. As I said, I'm a mechanical engineer that had a living in the electrical engineering world for years and years. When I began this kind of work, I realized the scientific community wasn't talking to the engineering community. Mm. So there was a breakdown in verticals. And what I ended up having to do is go into the medical side and understand what the hell they're trying to say because we were getting the phone calls from electric hypersensitive. I found that 75% of the time I'm driving a business and evolving technologies that can sustain the changes in the environment. But at the same time, I had to spend 25% of my time and research. I literally spend a lot of my time understanding the impact of the probiotic into the body. The, mm. the the healing cycle of the human body that's why i talked yeah. about navio navio you should look up by the way scott because navio i mean it's the next generation medical world he doesn't talk about fixing the headache he talks about fixing the source of the headache through the repair cycle of the body
0: shoot me over his email i'd love to contact him
1: yeah i mean the guy's a brilliant guy he really has groundbreaking work he does Unfortunately, he hasn't gotten to the point where he's very helpful for the practitioner because the practitioner has to help someone. And he's just talking about the theory of the cell danger response, not the how do you repair the cell danger response. And there are a lot of ways to do it. So that's where I spend probably 25%. Not that I want to, but I've learned I had to. Yeah,
0: Um, I would be interested in having a conversation with them because- I work in the metaphysical a lot with the energy system. You would
1: enjoy a conversation with him.
0: Yeah. I mean, Um, especially in the biofield. So the biofield, is nothing more than what some people call the morphic field, but it's an electric interface around your body.
1: Right. And that's
0: where our emotions are stored. So we would, I know right away I would have a lot of fun with him.
1: Yeah, he's a a good guy. The reason I wrote the book, Radiation Nation, was because I was frustrated that Mm -hmm. the medical community wasn't telling anybody. Even those in the industry, what was going on? I I have been in the industry. I used to worry about a technology interfering with another technology. I never worried about a technology interfering with a human. Why would I do that? I'm an electrical engineer, right? And so I realized there was this gap between what was sort of being introduced into the world, the technologies, and the science community that understands the implications of that. And so I wrote the book with my son because we were very frustrated that there was a lot of evidence that we should be concerned about, something we never talked about with the NTP National Toxicity Program, which was a $25 million epidemiology study that showed clear evidence of statistically significant frontal lobe and heart cancer related to cell phone exposures. We had to understand some of that space so we could convey uh, the importance of understanding to listening to audience
0: we have. My frustration is with you there. And my frustration lies here. We have corporation, big pharma on one side and hey, have a problem, take a pill. And it's a $5 billion annual campaign. That's a global campaign, by the way, of take our stuff will make you feel better, right? We know that the end result there doesn't always prove that to be the case.
1: Absolutely.
0: On the other side, we have the alternative medicine market saying, no, no, no. Don't use their stuff, use our stuff. Right. I was reading a book, and I'm going to leave the book name out of it, but it was the end cap of my frustration. I said, Look, all these books that talk about oneness and togetherness and coming together and doing something, neither side are saying, This is what it looks like. This is what we need to do. So I said, I'm done. So I have what I said, I have listened, watched, participated, showed up for thousands of hours of watching surgeons, physicians, uh, third-party people. It's like, okay, it literally is two columns. So I developed coursework where I'm saying, look, here's how you get back to the basics. Here's what you need to do based on X. And X could be anything. Part of the coursework that we're going to be releasing talks about and identifies that same level of frustration that you had, which is what you're doing there. And I'm, Directly correlating that back to what's happening in our bodies no at question the physical and metaphysical level.
1: It's wonderful that you're doing that. I'll give you an example. An electric hypersensitive, extreme electric hypersensitivity, there is higher levels of deaf C, bacteria in the stomach. Do you know that? No, you, you don't know that, right? No. And here's it two. Like it's really important understand. for you to know that, right? So why yeah. wh- are we blind to sort of the things that Are changing in our body as a result of the environment we're living in.
0: Well, no one gets paid if you will. That's what it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. So uh, kudos, Scott, for doing that. Because I really truly believe you're helping the medical community step up their game to understand how to serve the patient in a better way. So that's good.
0: I just kept hacking and hacking and hacking. And I was like, man, and I designed it around this. And this is really my metric. People are their most vulnerable when they travel. So if they travel long distances by car or by plane, that's when they're absorbing more radiation than they need to, oh, or yeah. they're not watering their body, if you will, as they need to. Okay. Yeah. So I designed it with the intent of if someone's traveling and they're in what they would maybe think of, although it's really not true, but to put it there on a typical mindset, they're in a suboptimal environment to prepare the food they want or to reintroduce the things that the, your body needs at a basic level. So I took the extreme of those two. If someone's flying from point A to point B, what could they do to stop that feeling of, oh man, I'm just, I'm laid out because I just traveled for six hours. I had to wake up early. I am sleeping or going to bed later than I wish or intended to. The food choice that I have wasn't the best. And that's the condition that I designed it around.
1: That's wonderful. Absolutely. One of the things we didn't talk about is, Airplanes that have Wi-Fi, you probably fall asleep faster than a neighbor because you're electric hypersensitive, right? Mm -hmm. It's because your body is reacting and creating a hypoxic state. And there's actually lack of oxygen to the head as a result of that. You should be aware that that environment does... The electromagnetic environment has changed in them. And it's, as you probably know, it's Faraday cage. It, nothing gets out, right? It's just, aluminum everywhere around. So, and there's a lot of repeaters within this thing. So if you brought our blanket there, you'd feel much better because right. it absorbs the RF, believe right. it or not. So anyway.
0: Your blanket is amazing, by the way. It
1: really is. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah we have caps, believe it or not, for lucky. Hyperset- caps you can put on people won't take them off because they, <laughs> they feel so safe in them. And um, there may be psychological reasons why that may be true. It's not a grounded path. It's a floating ground path. That's mm-hmm. what it is. So it's taking that energy and it's, it's not allowing it to penetrate into the head. And that's what we're trying to do, minimize the exposure. We're never going to eliminate it, but we can helpfully reduce it.
0: Well, here's a final question for you. You get to leave the audience with any last words. What would you like to tell them?
1: When you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be thinking about your wonderful podcast. You're not going to be thinking about the great things you did in the hospital. You'll be thinking about your children, your grandchildren, your mom and dad. Cherish those who are around you because they're probably the most important thing in your life. And all these other things around you are important in our lives, but not quite as important as our friends and family. Mm. Remember that.
0: Yeah, very nice. Very good. We can't thank you enough for joining in again. All the information for Defender Shield and Dan will be in the podcast notes. We'll see you for the next one, everybody. Take care.
1: Thanks, Scott. You are very conversational. Appreciate that. You get all the information out. And that's a, <laughs> a, 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 that, that's a, a skill. You did a good job.
0: Oh, a I appreciate job. that. Thank you.
1: Yeah. your yeah, um, inquisitive nature is what is important to be asking the questions they have in their mind. You're asking logical questions, which they have in their mind. And those kinds of podcasts are always the most successful.
0: That's one thing that my wife, Michelle, really helped me realize this as well, Dan, was She's like, look, when you had a script, it would, they were good, but they weren't as good as if you went there with an open mind. I said, okay, nope. so now I pretend as you're talking, I am a consumer and an audience member, and right. that's what comes out. And so you'll actually laugh at this. So there was a course that I took on personality archetypes, and it was really, really interesting that the doctor said there's five and he went through that why his was a little bit above the standard. He didn't want to boast too much, but I really do believe that he had the best out of all the because there's multiple personality tests that are out there. But out of the five, most people are never one or five. They're always a blend between two, three and four. I've studied that so much. I've actually have become all five, and I could sit there and put the hat on in that moment, as I need to be that personality type to be a chameleon. Who I need to be at that moment. Yeah,
1: there's there's no question about it that I saw that. So that's a really good
0: job. And the other part of that was (laughs) to build instant rapport with people within seconds. So you know who they are. What what was standing out for you, for example, is you're a massive thinker. Like you, you can see it. You're also a stayer and you're also a producer in the blend of three. So positions matter at the same time. So, and this is where putting the hat on at that moment is. Uh, when you see i'm a stayer here thinker varietist, producer those are my four everyone has enjoyment in them i've mying a lot because i just get so heady in my thinker but but then as people pop that out you can see because you can see a nice blend and if you look at the shapes of our faces our heads they're very similar
1: <laughs> you
0: mean we're bald almost <laughs> we're, we're bald almost sure but you can see the blend of all the, all the facial characteristics there it's really cool i'll send you that so you can check it out yeah it's okay, really cool. really fascinating i mean you'll love it and just just the just the thought And i was showing my daughter so we homes we have four daughters so we homeschool two of them now my 12 year old dan she is a whip i mean she's already doing what is just natural to her and just building rapport with people. But now she knows why. So as I was explaining to her, one of the personality types is a varietist. And I said, okay, so if you can understand what a varietist is, how to identify with them, and then how to work with them, because varietists jump around a lot and they're just very curious. They're cats for the most part. You should have saw the light bulbs go off in her head. She's like, wow. oh, oh, oh. Now I go, so imagine you are, because she's homeschooled and she needs to build instant rapport with people and all these different groups that she's going with. You're able to find a person that's leading that and you can build instant rapport. Imagine what that can do. Boom, it was off. And then she put herself in that position. So it was really, really cool stuff.
1: Wow. That's sort of cool.
0: And she's learning this at 12 years old. And that's what unschooling is all about because... They're not teaching you that stuff. I mean, no, no, those are not at all. Life lessons that are going to carry over forever. No
1: question. No question at all.
0: Dan, it was a pleasure. We'll be in touch.
1: Thanks so much, bud. Talk to you soon. Take care. Be good.
0: What an amazing conversation. Isn't Dan great. So check this out. One of our new Defender products we recently ordered ourselves is the beanie. And we're going to have our kids as well as us wear it when we play our new Oculus. And I got to tell you, uh, Oculus is a whole new experience, but we can talk about that later. So, one way we can feel better about the technology of today, while we're also protecting our kids all at the same time. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget, you can find all of our 112 episodes at scottyburgess.com, and the follow-up conversations are shared in our Facebook community group, The Best and Brightest. From all of us, we thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate you supporting us on Anchor. We'll see you for episode
1: 113. See you there.